This is Raw Cut. Do you remember this from last week? Oh, yeah. This week we're talking to Justin. This is Life Bus. I'm Sarah. And I'm Matt. It's great that you could join us today as we hear another story of a real-life, everyday person just like you or your neighbour. And this week, uh, he was in the studio last week, but uh, we get to hear his story today. Justin, welcome today. Thanks so much for having me. Justin, take us back. Uh, Thank you for coming in. Take us back in your story. Uh, Where did life start out for you? Uh, Yes, I um, was uh, born and bred in Melbourne. Uh, went to school in Essendon, a uh, school called Pegs. Um, people often think that's pretty funny that a school is named after something you put on a clothesline. <laughs> but, uh, so, is it like shop or something? Yeah, or? so it stands for apparently an Essendon Grammar School. Okay. Yeah, so that the junior campus was in Essendon, and then I went to school in East Kewlaw, the secondary campus. So, um, yeah, went all the way through to kindy to, to year 12 there. Um, my... Uh, dad is actually from Lobethal, mum from Mount Barker. Okay. So here we are in Adelaide, a bit of family roots. Uh, back, yeah. to, back to where it all began <laughs> for, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, what was life growing up uh, like in Melbourne? Yeah, oh, generally great. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, it. There was definitely no um, shortage of things to do. <laughs> there was always lots of opportunity. And, uh, uh, yeah, the school I went to was very uh, very big on, you know, an opportunity on sport or um Academics or, yeah, there was always things happening, um, always things happening, always things going on. Um, yeah, and, and mum and dad would always be yeah, pretty active in, you know, taking us out on the weekend to do family stuff, family bike rides or uh, different things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, followed the footy pretty closely. Mum and dad both being from Adelaide, I was brought up to go for go for Adelaide. So in Melbourne I was <laughs> a bit of a... Uh, <laughs> minority. Yeah, a bit of a minority, yeah. So, um, yes, that was always interesting. Build some resilience. Yep. That's right, yeah, you've got to get resilience early on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, sitting next to you, however, we better point out, if people didn't watch last week's, so if you didn't, go back, watch it again, uh, is Dancing Dan uh, as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about how he comes into the picture as time goes on. Yeah, and we should say too, uh, stay with us, because uh, later on we are going to see these guys bust a few moves and uh, teach you Uh, a few dance moves along the way. Dance is a part of this story as well. But before we get there, growing up, going to school, you talked about uh, being into sport at the school, those kind of things. Mm. Was was sport one of the things that was a big part of your life? Uh, Yeah, reasonably. I suppose like I I did Auskick, used to do Auskick and then Saturday morning swimming, played a bit of tennis. Um, So I suppose generally we were encouraged to give everything a go. That was kind of the the thing. Um, I wasn't overly athletic. I was definitely always one of the, the shorter kids. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I was always keen to give, give things a go. Um, and so, yeah, life was, um, it was busy. (laughs) There was definitely no shortage of things to do. What about other siblings around you? Yes. I've got a younger brother, Elliot. Um, he's two and a half years younger than I, and we were very close and still are, um, used to do a, do a lot together. We had a a park, um, like next door to our house. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was a real godsend, uh, being able to hang out there and, uh, yeah, it was definitely a lifesaver. And I suppose we, we also kind of grew up in the the era of video games a lot coming. Mm -hmm. And so we used to, um, yeah, look forward to that and, you know, do that together and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. pretty typical, really. That was, you know, sport, video games and 
whatever whatever else mum and dad told you to do. So <laughs> what was the first video game console that you guys got? Oh, gosh, I reckon uh, getting the Game Boy, that was pretty good. Pokemon Gold and Silver back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, so we got, got the Game Boy. I remember, yeah, we weren't quite old enough to get a, a console yet. So we got, got, the, got given the Game Boy and I think it was, gosh, the Game Boy Advance and then the... SP and then I, remember, I still remember the Christmas time we got our first Xbox. It was a, it's a big day. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so pretty mind blowing, yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every teenager, every child has a has a different story growing up and finding their identity. Uh, how did you find those teenage years and in school? Uh, was it something that you you sailed through, or were there some challenges along the way? Yeah, um, I I loved junior school. Love my primary years. Have very fond memories of that, and mm. still do with. Um, teachers and kids I grew up in, uh, grew up with. Sorry, um, the the early years, like kind of, I suppose, like thirteen to fifteen, I actually found like very difficult, um, and uh, or for, yeah, for, for various reasons, I suppose. Yeah, it was on that path to self discovery, um, and wasn't really sure, yeah, where I fitted in in terms of what I was interested in, or um, uh, yeah, like friendship groups, or and then the school. Um, yeah, what, what they were kind of yeah, heading towards, you know, it was all, everything was happening and it was all, all kind of happening very quickly. And uh, I suppose at that time, I kind of remember feeling everything felt very emotional <laughs> and you weren't really sure what you were, what you were processing and what it all kind of meant. So, um, yeah, definitely the early teen years were uh, very forming and very, um, I suppose, yeah, intense and but memorable in a different way, I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what uh, what got you through those years? What uh, what kept you going and helped you, uh, you know, get through to adulthood? Yeah, um, I think uh, part of it was a, a level of consistency. So even though I um, didn't know <laughs> didn't know like what I thought or what other people thought um, or what I felt, at least I knew I had to be at school at eight o'clock, <laughs> and then sometimes that was helpful. Mm. Um, I think also like uh, like Sunday church was really helpful. That was something that was um, it was consistent, and I think it's important to have those consistent boundaries sometimes when everything does feel a little bit all over the place and you're not sure what to do. At least you know there is some sort of plan, <laughs> and that kind of can help. It gives you, yeah, it gives you space to explore things. Um, uh, I was going to uh, a youth group um, when I was, yeah, between like 13 to 15, and didn't honestly didn't think much of it at the time. It was, uh, it was very low key. Um, it's like, uh, yeah, there weren't, there's only yeah, 10 of us or so, very low key Sunday, Sunday morning kind of thing. Didn't really think a lot of it, um, but it eventually led to going on a camp, which, um, yeah, really did uh, change a few things. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about the camp. Where did you go? What type of fun activities did you get up to? <laughs> so uh, the camp I ended up going to was this camp called uh, CLW, uh, Christian Life Week. Okay. And uh, it was held in Horse Gap in the Grampians. Um and uh, yeah, it was it it was uh, it was a, definitely a, like a something that was a bit out of my comfort zone. Didn't really know a lot of people there. I, I think I knew like two people from the youth group that were going, and uh, it was. But it was where I, I suppose, experienced um, a Christian community in a way that I hadn't before, and it gave me a lot of support, a lot of encouragement. Um, it kind of gave me hope for a life that was outside of what I was experiencing at school and kind of gave me a whole fresh perspective on, um, yeah, uh, I suppose also young adult life. There were some really supportive young adults there and that were just incredibly loving despite not knowing me at all. <laughs> and I was, I was a bit kind of blown away by it. 
Um, and uh, but it just gave me it helps give perspective and it, got, it gave me a lot to think about. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. You went to a Christian school. No, I didn't actually. I'm okay. oh, not explicitly. Um, okay. So okay. The, the, we used to go to uh, like to church for Easter and Christmas kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we, um, I think, and that was connected. I think with the, the Uniting Church. Um, so it wasn't explicitly a Christian school. It wasn't explicitly not a Christian school. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a private school in Essendon. Yeah, great school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Well, well done at going to a camp where you like hardly knew anybody and <laughs> had to step completely out of your comfort zone. In, oh. in these things yeah yeah well to be brutally honest with you i think i i think i partly went because i was a bit keen on one of the girls that was going <laughs> so i was like oh she's going that i might go as well yeah. you know that's right and so uh yeah unfortunately that didn't work out yeah so um and that, yeah that just opened um my mind to to a broader broader community and, uh, but at the time, I took it as a once-off, to be honest. I took it as like, oh, that was a really, really good week. Um, but here we go, back to normal life. And uh, it kind of did. That's kind of <laughs> what happened for another year. Kind of went back into normal life per se. And like, I was at youth group and things, but I took it as a really positive experience. And at that time in my... <laughs> I took it as a once-in-a-lifetime experience in my 14 years of life, you know. Because <laughs> it was <laughs> at the time. So, um, uh, yeah. Well, we will be back with more Life Bursts, uh, chatting to Justin straight after this. If you like what you're hearing, please write a review of this podcast on your podcasting app, or you can share this on social media. On Life Burst, we are chatting to Justin. And Justin, significant moments as a teenager going to a camp, and then yeah. you, you carried on through secondary school. Uh Big moment, uh, something significant happened for you in year 12. Yeah, so it was in the summer of uh, that transition of year 11 to year 12 and um, we were in uh, Coolangatta as we often we often go there as a family over the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nan and Grandad have a uh, bit of holiday apartment up there. So we used to go as a family and uh, I remember I just had this urge uh, for whatever reason to, uh, to watch a hip-hop movie um, it would often be the norm that my brother Elliot and I, we would go to the local, walk to the local blockbuster and just hire some movies. Um, as you guys know, up up north near the Gold Coast there, they can often have some great weather, but you can also get like three or four days of just rain, <laughs> you know? And so I'm pretty sure it was one of those where, it, you know, there was a couple of days of rain due, so we're like, let's go hire some movies, you know? And, uh, and for whatever reason, I was like, oh, you know, I never really watched a lot of dance movies. Um, so I ended up watching uh, Step Up. Oh, that was totally going through my mind. I was yeah. like, I reckon it's going to be Step Up. Yeah. Great movies, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I so I ended up watching movies. Step Up. And for whatever reason, was quite captivated by um, the the energy of, of dance mm-hmm. um, for different reasons, uh, like the music, um, but also the way in which people were, <laughs> yeah, like moving to the music, but also like using music in a certain way to show something um, or to, like, to show emotion, um, but also the way in which the story is intertwined with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I suppose like the whole package of it, the unity, um, yeah, different areas of, of hip hop particularly. Um, so then I went back and, yeah, hired Step Up 2 and 3. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very good movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I suppose that was just like a bit of a, a spark of inspiration. Um, I was always into music, but there was definitely something that happened um, that night when I just like plugged it into the computer and, uh, yeah, something ordinary turned into something extraordinary. Um, but I didn't think that at the time. Like, mm. I just I felt something 
that was, you know, I've felt that about different things before, you know, like you get into different things and growing mm -hmm. up, you try different things. Um, but I suppose it was, yeah, it was over time that, that it, it showed its, um, its importance. Yeah. I remember when Step Up came out, and, like <laughs> everybody was trying to do that. You're too old, Matt. But everybody was trying to do those moves and trying to do these things. We can uh, we can check out Sarah's moves later in the show. So hang around for that. Uh, but uh, you you went back. That was probably a summer holidays, wasn't it? You went back into year twelve, and uh, yeah. dance became a part of your uh, your schooling. Yeah, so I got back into year twelve. And uh, I still kind of had this dance bug with me. I was like, uh, this was a couple of weeks later. I was like, oh, I've got to do something about this. And so at the time, uh, there was a couple of things that happened. The first thing was that it happened to be a rocker Stedford year, which meant that it was kind of a battle of the schools kind of year. And they used to do it biannually. And I thought, oh, I actually tried rocker Stedford in year 10 and didn't really like it because there weren't like a lot of guys doing it. <laughs> and I just felt very alone and very, I remember going up to the teacher at the end and being like, you know, I'm so sorry, but I, I just don't think it's for me. And he's like, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> you know, you kind of just, and that was it. Um, and so I'd kind of given dance a go, um, but this had given me a fresh kind of inspiration. And it, it, the first, um, what would you call like tryouts or rehearsal or whatever, what happened to be after school. Um, but I remember it being like a kind of an awkward time. It was like five o'clock. And so I decided to hang around at school afterwards because there was no point in going home. Mm -hmm. I think I went and got some food. Anyway, I went into the, the dance like studio space after school and there was this guy there like doing the windmill he was just practicing as i was walking in the room and i was like oh that looks like what's you know, the yeah it's not i saw out of step up i was quite captivated by that and i got talking to him um and a few days before that i'd done a bit of googling and it was just like looking up hip-hop classes and i said oh do you know of uh, like passion studio in the city and he's like dude i go there every saturday <laughs> you know <laughs> and so i just connected with this this guy michael and um throughout year 12 uh, we would go to this space. We weren't. We technically shouldn't be there, <laughs> but because it was, I think it was, should have been like teacher supervised. But we we kind of went there and we used to just practice. And he would teach me um, how to break dance. And he was uh, very determined. He was very uh, diligent, and uh, he would he would really push me <laughs> to kind of like come on, man, because he you know he was he'd been doing it for about a year and a half, two years at that time, and so he was quite ahead of me because he was so driven. And so I was like kind of playing catch up. Um, but I really like enjoyed that time. And at the time it was quite strange, like, cause he was in year 11, I was in year 12. And so we both, you know, in school, most people hang out with the kids you're in the year level with. Um, but he was the only one doing break dance. I was the only one who wanted to learn break dance. So it just mm -hmm. kind of happened. Um, I, I don't think, I think I ended up doing rocker Stepford because of like the work commitment of year 12, but ended up, I was like, oh, well, let's just hang out. And, um, so a lot of the school time, the lunch times were spent, um, Working towards something for the year 12 formal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So can it. we ask, uh, come formal, how did how did that pan out? How did that go? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was, um, we were waiting <laughs> Talk for us the, through. Talk us oh, through. I can Talk see. Yeah. Rock up. Tell us. Well, do it, do it. yeah, we had, we had a bit of, we had like, I remember we had like three little set, we call them sets, which were like a set of little mini routines that we had planned. Okay. And uh, we were waiting for the right song. Um, but it didn't really come. <laughs> and, and he was like, let's just do it to this song. And it, I, and it was like Rihanna. It was like, um, want you to make me feel like I'm the only girl in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't like a hip hop song. And he's like, dude, we're going to run out of time. Just do something. <laughs> and so we decided to start dancing. We just formed like this freestyle Spontaneous circle. Yeah, freestyle. freestyle circle where people were getting in and doing a few funny things. 
And uh, gosh, I remember like stuffed up quite a couple times, uh, but no one really expected it because we, you know, we kind of been practicing in secret. So that was that was a bit of fun. I quite enjoy that. I have quite fond. Pretty sure I got that on camera somewhere. Yeah, so it was, it was a good time. So as you uh, you had your formal, you finished year yeah. twelve. Did you at that point think music, uh, dance is going to be a part of my future, or were there other other paths that you felt you needed to take? Yeah, so at that time I was I was all passion and no practicality. <laughs> I was uh, you know I I was really loving it, um, but like getting into dance was so new for me at that point. Um, I was dancing during lunchtime once and uh, two weeks out of year 12 broke my thumb and you know, I, could, I had to type my year 12 exams and it was dancing. But I remember thinking, uh, oh, am I going to be able to like break dance again? And that was great concern. Obviously, you know, for mum and dad, they were concerned about my study and I was too. I, you know, it was been a really hard year academically and worked really hard. And But I remember being very concerned about that. Um, but I, the, the norm, especially like, you know, at the school I went to was to go to university. And um, I suppose that was also the norm for me and what I expected. Um, but there's no, yeah, there's no such thing as a, a degree in hip hop per se, at least here in Australia. Mm. So um, I was a bit not sure what to do. Um, but just by chance, uh, someone, one of the teachers who I had met that year posted something. Um, and it was to do with a, a company called Indigenous Hip Hop Projects. And I was like so wowed by what they did. It was just like their promo video they put on Facebook. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, these guys are working yeah, with youth using hip hop. Mm-hmm. And it was so, it was something where like the passion could finally make a little bit of sense with the practicality of life and mm-hmm. how the, like it all kind of works. Um, and so I was kind of leaving school and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So I ended up doing uh, social work because I thought, oh, okay, maybe I could use dance to, yeah, to help children, help youth. Um, and at the time, thought that was like my aspiration was to to go on to work for Indigenous Hip Hop Projects. Um, and so at the time, connected with them on a camp uh, and was once again kind of blown away by things. And that so that's where I was at at the end of year 12. I was like, oh, you know, going to help kids through dance. Don't really know what exactly it's going to look like. Or, you know, I thought it was going to be with them at the time. And, you know, they were, they were a big inspiration and uh, still are. So, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh- so you had that kind of leaning that that direction, um, but but you didn't end up with working with them. That's right. Yeah. So I got into uni and um, connected with the RMIT Funkadelic Dance Club, and that was a really good training ground. Like, so I was, ended up being at uni for five years in the end, um, and they uh, that was a really a time of like <laughs> you could compile it into a training montage. You know, we, we were practicing a lot, and I was super <laughs> inspired by the people there. Um, uh, but when I was uh, when I was nineteen, I went back to that camp that I spoke about in the previous segment. Oh yeah, at Halls Gap. At Halls Gap, yeah. yeah. So I'd been going there like every year, like once a year through my teen years. Mm-hmm. And so when I was nineteen, I had this opportunity to go back as a, as a leader to help run the camp, and was super mm-hmm. stoked um, to be part of the team. Why did you choose to do that? You could have said no. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I was just at this point. I'd now done the camp four or five times, and was like, no, nah, this is a great thing, and I wanted to. I suppose, yeah, give back to the youth. I, you know, me being 14 was still very fresh in my mind. Um, and so I was like, oh, I want to, yeah, be a part of that, still still love going. And at the time, there's there's <laughs> I knew more people. So um, I was like, yeah, no, nah, it's almost a bit of a no-brainer really to do it. And uh, it was during September school holidays and so it kind of all made sense. Um, and so I found myself back at this camp and I, so at this time, dance and God, very two different things. I suppose I was still of faith still going to church on a Sunday kind of thing. Um, and I uh, was, 
yeah, and dance was a big part of my life. I was, it was a Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, and we were doing what we call like service activities. So we're just out helping the local neighbor doing different things. And our little small group that I was a part of was uh, we finished early because we were told to help next door, but next door had already cleaned up their yard. And I don't think got the memo that we were coming. So finished that early and said, go back into the hall, you know, go help those guys out. Went into the hall and uh, my friend Greta was like uh, sorting through um, this old pile of like magazines and newspaper. And she said, hey, Jussie, you know, come over and help me with this. Like I've got this massive pile. I'm on my own. I was like, all right, fine. You know, I'll come help you out sorting through this massive pile of stuff. And she goes, hey, this looks like something you might be interested in. And we're going to stop right there and we'll be back to find out what it is straight after this on Life versus Sarah and Matt. Hey, did you know this show is available in video too? You can find it at rawcut.com.au. So what did you find in the pile? Well, yes, there was a number of different books. and uh, But all of a sudden, Greta just goes, hey, Justin, have a look at this. And so I was kind of looking the other way, turns and gives it to me. And it was uh, this book right here, real. And I was like, oh, this looks very hip hop. <laughs> so that's what she thought. She said, oh, this is very dance hip hop. Explain to us what it looks like for those who are listening rather than watching. Oh, yeah. So it just looks like a magazine, but with some very stylish people on the front that are very, okay. you know. They've got the hip hop bling, yeah, yeah, a bit of bling. <laughs> They've got the hip hop flavor on, you know. Yeah, and uh, it up. and at first that's what I thought it, I thought it was. Um, but as I had a bit of a closer look, it, it was actually uh, the New Testament, and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Uh, but and as I looked further, I realized it actually came with a uh, a Christian hip hop CD at the back of it. Let's have a look. Can I have a look? Oh, it's it's not actually there anymore. Oh no, but I no no no, I just want to look at the magazine. I think it's pretty cool. Oh yeah yeah no, let's see that's the. Uh, Magazine there. So and, it's, a, uh, it's a Bible. It is a Bible, yeah. Bible, yeah. It's a New Testament. And this was a bit kind of <laughs> a bit mind-blowing for me because I didn't I didn't think like there was the genre of Christian hip hop. Or maybe I'd been living under a rock, I don't know. But at the time it was um like there's artists today like Lecrae and that they all kind of still come up the ranks. And mm-hmm. like in America, I'm sure people were heard about it, but here in Australia, um it's yeah, pretty on the down low. And so I was uh yeah. Uh, this was the first time I'd sat down and and, and really uh, read the Bible for myself. Um, like I said, I grew up in, in the church and um, had had a lot of positive uh, influence on me in that way. Um, but finding myself in uni, I was challenged and uh, challenged by people around me. And yeah, you, you know, you once again, you're kind of going into adulthood, you're, you're making those decisions and faith, what you believe uh, and what you believe to be true really does impact the decisions you make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was a really, I was kind of at, I was, you know, as I was searching, I guess, in, in some regard when I look back on it. Um, and I, I was, I'm a very black and white kind of person. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> very black and white kind of person in terms of, is this true or is it not true? And I was very, I suppose I was in a little bit of a, in a, uh, a hunt to find, find truth and to seek that out. And so I remember, yeah, reading through it and being a little bit, um, whoa, is that in there? What does that mean? Had a lot of questions. And so um, fortunately there were people around me who I could ask different questions too. Um, but that was, I suppose, the time when dance and faith first took a step towards each other. Um, yeah. Okay. How yeah. did you feel inside of you when you picked up this magazine and you're reading it and then all this other stuff, all these questions and everything, and you started to come a bit closer? How did you feel inside? 
it it felt uh, familiar, but mm-hmm. unfamiliar enough to still be incredibly exciting. Okay. So there was a, a part of it that felt like, oh, this is really me, but also a part of it that was like, this could be who I want to be. <laughs> You know, so it was a perfect blend between uh, where I was at, but also Mm -hmm. where something that I could look at and be like, oh, I want to, I get there or something. I suppose when I grew up, I was always very goal orientated and very achievement based. It's just kind of a bit of my, little bit of my personality perhaps and how I was, I was brought up and and into things. Um, But I suppose I, uh, I looked at it and I, and I suppose I felt, I felt inspired, um, and uh, you yeah, wanted to kind of see what was all. I just wanted to keep going into it. I felt like mm-hmm. you know it was onto something that was a bit of a gem. It was a bit of a treasure uh, that, yeah, for whatever reason, it popped out to me. Mm. And I suppose that was worth going after. Right. Yeah. So you were still doing social work at the time. You're still studying. Yeah. yeah so at the time I was at uni. Mm. Um, yeah, and got involved in the dance club. Um, and at that time also got involved in the salsa club. And so that kind of also broadened my horizons in terms of different dance styles. Um, I really loved that. And and so I had a great time at uni. At the time, I was doing the social work degree and um, was determined to finish that, um, even though, like, dance and social work, like, the connection often wasn't made, you know, at uni. Like, it's such a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I decided to, yeah, like, kept kept going with uni, kept dancing and kind of just kept, uh, it was just a very much a one step at a time thing and was learning a lot um, and kind of figuring out where I fitted into things. You know, you'd, you'd come across things and be like, oh, that's mostly me, but it's also kind of not. Um, and eventually I, through Christian Union, I ended up an event called NTE, the National Training Event in Canberra. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's that? Well, <laughs> I've never heard of that before. What's yeah. that? So basically what... Uh, what it is is it's it's a it's an event put on um to train uh or to equip um uni students who are exploring christian faith and um to uh to come together as one community from different universities you know Mm -hmm. as a social thing um but to learn more about uh christian faith and to equip people to then share that with other people Mm -hmm. and uh at the time it was a little bit of a no-brainer as well to go because my friends were going and uh, I remember that the first seminar or like the first talk that was given was a little bit, I suppose it was evangelist, evangelistically focused. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy heading it up, I think he still does, his, his name is Richard Chin. And uh, he, uh, I remember we, we, there was maybe like 2,000 like uni students there and it's held where they have, I think it was where they have like summer nats in Canberra, a big convention centre. And they had like tables of 10 people, you know, spread out in this massive like hall. And he happened to be on the table, like two tables across from me. I kind of see him from a distance. And for whatever reason at this time, so once again, like dance and faith, have kind of been bubbling away. Mm. And something that he said in his talk inspired me to think about, oh, how could dance and faith connect? Mm-hmm. So I went and approached him and, you know, he seemed pretty busy in conversation. But for whatever reason, I felt prompted to go and speak to him at that time. And I said, hey, do you know anything about dance and faith, you know, those two things on, you know, in mission, you know, in using it in faith. And he, and he stopped and he, th- he thought about it for a sec. And I'm, I thought, oh, he's not going to say it. He's going to be like, no, nah, got no idea. <laughs> you know, that's what I thought he was going to say. And he said, oh, have you heard about the OM Logos ship? Okay. Um, and I said, no, no, I haven't. And he said, well, there's different artists on board that ship. Um, that, you know, there's actors and he's like, I think there's dancers. And he said, you should Google it up. Um, Anyway, so Kent went on and when I got home, I did. 
and and I, I found a what they call like a short term like outreach, so like a short term trip, um, and it was in Portugal, and it was using dance. It was uh, other people who were of Christian faith coming together uh, to share dance, and I was like, "Well, I suppose I'm going to that." You know, it just happened. That's just where it happened to be. Um, that was the outreach opportunity. And so when I was, uh, must have been about 23 by this point, um, decided that I would, I would do this outreach, um, in Portugal. And, uh, it, we, we all met, uh, at a, at a conference called Transform. And this was actually in Rome. And so there was different, uh, a bit like Richard was saying, there was different artists and different people with different skills. So there was skaters, there was parkour people, um, there was surfers. And the idea that we would, would all meet in Rome for this conference for a place um, uh, to worship God, but also to learn more about God, um, mm-hmm. to then go into uh, different cities around the Mediterranean um, and do what we love to do and, and express that through faith. Wow, yeah. okay. That's huge. It is, yeah. So what was life like then being yeah. for that time on the ship and then in Portugal as a, what was the experience like for you? Yeah. So I actually never ended up doing the ship. Oh, you didn't do the ship. <laughs> no, I actually <laughs> didn't do the ship I, and, and still have it. I don't know if I ever, I, will, I don't want to cancel still it out. your land legs. Yeah. yeah. Let's do my land legs. But uh, I suppose that's um, what a lot of people would know OM for is that the ship right. ministry. So that drew you to Rome though, that, that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and at the time, cause I was still at uni, I couldn't like the ship, I think is like a six month a year kind of commitment yeah. thing. So this kind of was a good taste and it just felt like the next step. Um, and I was like, well, don't know anything about this. Um, so let's go to Rome. Uh, <laughs> managed to fit it in. And, uh, so I found myself, uh, in Rome with a couple other dancers and, uh, was super excited about the whole thing. was very excited about it. Um, and, you know, I remember I'd been practicing and didn't really know what to expect. Just thought I should come prepared. So I found myself on the Monday practicing the routine and uh, was probably a bit over keen. <laughs> I was, was very keen, keen to give it my all. And uh, but the next day, gosh, I could hardly get out of bed. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I uh, remember there was a few uh, steps leading to the, you know, to the, the room we were staying in. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it feels like I've been stabbed in the quad three times with my right leg and uh, was feeling a little bit, um, a little bit I suppose, disheartened, mm. beating myself up a little bit like, oh, should have should have stretched on the plane or you know, should have uh, should have been a little bit, had a bit more self-control um, or whatever it was. Maybe I didn't, you know, maybe it wasn't fit enough. A lot of ideas were going through my head. Um, and also, I suppose, ideas of am I supposed to be here? Um, was this all a big waste of time and money? Um, yeah. Wasn't really sure what to do. Didn't really, and felt kind of ashamed. Didn't want to talk, didn't want to tell anyone about it. And, I, you know, and I was like, oh, well, it's just an injury. People get injured. You know, it's not really a big deal. And I suppose had that mindset of I'll get by somehow, I'll figure something out. Uh, anyway, so I got to Wednesday and uh, we went into the city of Rome. We caught like the bus coach. We all went together. And I remember, yeah, stepping down those like steps on the bus thinking, oh, it's going to be a long day. Better just take some Panadol or something, you know. And uh, so I went to Roma Termini, which is like the Melbourne Central Station of Rome or like, yeah, the main mm-hmm. kind of area of Rome. There were all the trains come in, sitting down, having a muffin. There was a group of 10 of us, so we didn't really have anywhere to sit. So I'm pretty sure we were just sitting on the ground somewhere in the corner. Um, and uh, my friend, uh, there, was, there was a lady there by the name of Helena. And she was from Russia. She was a, a contemporary dancer. And uh, she just sits next to me and she says, Justin, how you going? 
<laughs> and I remember, I remember just responding like a lot of people do when they, when you say, how are you? I just said, oh, yeah, I'm all right. How are you going? <laughs> you know, didn't really think much of it. Um, but for whatever reason, she could tell that I something wasn't quite right. You know, she was someone, I suppose, who was very good at, at reading people and um, and being very empathetic. And so and so she asked me again, how are you really going? <laughs> you know, as opposed to like, come on, that's, you're not being 100% real here. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I said, oh, well, to be honest, I'm a bit worried, actually. I'm a bit worried about my leg um, because, you know, the plan was to go and dance on the street in Rome that day. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to that. It was our first outing, I suppose, as a group um, doing what we love to do. And it was the moment well, we'll, uh, that I was uh, going to look forward to. Okay, well, we'll, we'll uh, pause there and come back. We are chatting to Justin. This is Life Burst with Sarah and Matt. In Australia, juvenile arthritis affects 1 in 1,000 children. It's a silent yet common condition. Kids Arthritis is here to help support these children and their families. To help them, go to kidsarthritis.org. This has been a Raw Cut community service announcement. This is Life Burst. Justin has left us hanging. You're in Rome. You're at the train station and you've got an injured leg. You're about to launch into this uh, a week of dance. Yeah. What happened there? Well, yeah. So here I was uh, sitting at this train station um, with, with Helena. I was having a chat. And, uh, but she, um, yeah, she then became aware of this injury that I had. Mm-hmm. And her response um, really kind of blew me away in terms of like most people would say, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. You'll be fine. You know, like that's generally the conversation that you would have with someone who's, you know, yeah. you kind of express empathy and then you, you try and support them and that, that's life goes on. <laughs> and uh, but her response was quite different to what I expected. She actually said, um, is it all right if I pray for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And when, when she said that, like I thought she meant, you know, like pray for you from a place of empathy, you know, which would make total sense. Uh, but she was actually uh, talking specifically more about my physical injury. And uh, and and so I, I think she said, yeah, like it's okay if I pray for your leg, you know. And I said, yeah, sure. Like can't can't hurt, right? It already hurts. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, can't hurt. And, uh, and so she said, in the name of Jesus, I command your leg be healed. And it and it worked. <laughs> and I said, yeah. and so I got up and I was like, whoa, it worked. You know, I did a bit of stretching and I was like, whoa, it worked. And and she uh, wasn't actually too surprised. And she responded by saying, uh, it's because Jesus is alive. And and uh, and for that at that time, um, that that really hit me in a way it's never uh, hit me before. I yeah. guess um, I went from like something that I knew to something, yeah, that became like really real mm. in here. Um, but in a sense that it really, uh, yeah, God was like with us in that moment. He was there. Um, and it was almost like, yeah, it was like a touch of the father that I never felt before um, in a way that was, I suppose, more tangible than I ever um, felt before. So there was like different emotions going on at the time and times of like, am I just, well, yeah, doubt. Like, am I imagining this? Mm-hmm. Is this something that isn't right? And so it's quite funny because I went and spoke to like, the, the leader, Linda, at the time, I was like, oh, Linda, like, Helena just prayed for me. I think my leg's better. And she's like, really? And then just kept walking. <laughs> and I was like, no, I think this is a big moment. <laughs> like, this is like a big thing. And so, and everyone, you know, Helena was kind of like, oh, yeah, like, no, like, I think, uh, yeah. And she's so like, I don't think um, it had, um, 
it was like it's not something that hadn't she hadn't seen before and mm-hmm. so she wasn't kind of like blown away by it linda i think was uh kind of occupied with okay i'm leading the team this is where we got to go so sorry justin my mind's a different space and i was kind of just following we had a bit of a walk from like where we were going to from the station to where we we're going to dance and so i remember doing the whole thing being like i'm pretty sure it's feeling better <laughs> you know like and and uh That's and awesome. so yeah we danced and um we actually got to connect with people on that day because uh, we dance we dance in the front of the coliseum and there's when you go to the coliseum there's quite a quite a line of people to get in there and uh yeah so a number of other yeah, crazy things followed that day and so it was just i suppose a day where yeah god's yeah god's touch and his, his favor was on it and uh but for me the the impact was it was um like it was a ripple effect um more specifically around this like god saying i really take seriously this dance thing that you, you know that i've given you this gift of dance and i i i yeah that's something that he wanted me to take seriously and to really think about um, and the broader impact of how that would impact other people, mm. um, and so that was the t- the moment. Um, it was a yeah, it was a checkpoint, I guess, where I was like, okay. Um, and then I, and see at that point, I suppose, and like reflecting on that, I looked back at everything like I've spoken about, yeah, with the, and everything kind of made a bit more sense. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is kind of built in towards something, and it does all matter, and maybe there is kind of a reason for things. Mm. Um, and so it was just, a, yeah, it was, but at the time it was just, I suppose it was the next checkpoint. It was a significant one, mm. um, but it was just another another checkpoint. Right. So That's how- very significant. Yeah, it is, Can I yeah. just say that? Like <laughs> not many people just, they get to experience that and well done to your friend that obeyed and came over and did that for yeah. you as well. Yeah. That's mm. awesome. So at that checkpoint, uh, another significant moment, um, how, how did your life change from there, the trajectory of what you were going to do when you came back home? Yeah, so at that point, I still had one more year of uni to go. So I came back um, and I decided to go back to Portugal um, the next year because they did the the, the mission was in Portugal again. Um, and at the time, I was actually like in a long distance relationship from someone from Portugal. So it kind of all made sense. I was like, oh, you know, see her, do the mission trip. Like it all kind of makes sense, you know, <laughs> bit of a note, even though it's like on the other side of the world, like it, it all kind of made sense. Um, so I was like, oh, well, I'll go and do this thing. And uh, at that point, I, I, I uh, had a bit more of a significant role in the, in the trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, uh, it was also, uh, it was, I suppose we'd say, like the call was confirmed or like at that point it was uh, cemented. Like there was a number of things that happened on that trip, not in, in terms of that kind of significance, but in terms of using dance to impact other people. Um, and I, I had a few decisions that I could make around that and was like, oh, we decided to do this, we do this. And uh, on, uh, particularly in terms of street, on, like on the streets. And I was like, nah, this is like definitely something that is totally in my element more than anything else that I have done before. Um, and so then before I left that time, I did, yeah, decided freestyle dance ministry, it's going to be a thing. <laughs> I'm going to do it before I talk myself out of it or someone else tries to talk me out of it. I better just do something before I get home um, because uh, I knew that when I was going to go home, uh, you, you know, you have that time where, where life hits you or reality hits you. Mm-hmm. And I was very aware that that was going to happen. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I didn't, I didn't want to give myself the opportunity to forget about it again or, like, to not take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided, yeah, before I left, it was like, so this is like probably like mid-August 2016, that, uh, yeah, freestyle dance ministry was going to be a thing and I didn't know what it was or what it was going to look like. I just, I had hope that it could be something and that there was something there 
that had to be used and utilised back in Australia um, because I didn't know of anything in Australia mm. at the time. So, so I came back and um, uh, ended up working for the Salvation Army initially. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I just finished uni and so um, and obviously, yeah, like when you start something or, you know, um, there's no... Uh, there's no base. <laughs> it's a big so, thing to start yeah, something no new. I know, I know what yeah, that's like. It's yeah. a huge thing to do to start something new. Mm. So how does Dan come into this story? Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, so I think it was, uh, oh, it was like two or three years went by where the ministry was doing things like on occasionally Friday nights. And um, I, at that uh, kind of six months in, became... It formally became a, a ministry of own Australia, so the people I went overseas with to Portugal. And um, a part of what OM does is they do an event called Teen Street, mm-hmm. um, which is also like, is like a camp, I like Christian Life Week, but on a like a bigger scale, I guess, and it was in Brisbane. And uh, I, so naturally part of being OM, doing a bit of a dance thing, went to Teen Street to do a bit of a dance thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan was also helping out at Teen Street, and Dan was from Adelaide, he, he'd flown up. And so I'd come from Melbourne, Dan come from Adelaide, and uh, it was in between one of the main just talk sessions, Dan just started dancing, kind of formed his own dance circle. <laughs> and I had a, had a few Yui Boom speakers that were out, and I, and I, yeah, I remember, like, watching Dan dance and thinking, um, one of my first thoughts were that it was, it was very original. That, you know, I've never really seen anyone dance like Dan. Yeah. And uh, but it was kind of uh, captivated by... Um, his energy and just his his lack of inhibition, I guess, to just want to do something. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I suppose I'll... And then I, yeah, followed by, I think, going into the dance circle and just to show him that you're not alone. <laughs> I'm a dancer too. So, like, you know, I'll support you in this and, uh, you know, we'll just have this random kind of, like, uh, what do you call it, flash mob almost kind of thing happening. Um, and then I think, yeah, we just naturally got talking afterwards. And, I mean, there's a lot of people, once again, you know, 600 people here, so we were both, you know, connected with other circles, but just introduce each other and encourage each other in dance and faith. Um, and then a couple of years later, yeah, reconnected. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so good. Well, you guys uh, are on the road and oh, you amazing. work together. We've heard a bit of Dan's story, and it's uh, just so good to hear the backgrounds of what you do. Freestyle mm. Dance is your uh, ministry, you're in schools and different things. You're heading out to, uh, you know, around the different states on the road. Um, before we go, though, as we close, and we're going to yeah. have a bit of a few uh, dance dancing talk, uh, very soon. If you had one piece of advice, Justin, to give to our uh, listeners and viewers today, what would that be? Oof. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose, uh, uh, I suppose if you're listening and watching today, I suppose um, one thing that I've realised is that, uh, yeah, Faith and and what you what you build your life on is very important. Um, and I suppose if if you haven't thought about it before, I would definitely encourage you to to think about it. And uh, if you're you know watching this and you're alone, or um, you know some point of the day um, you're alone, I, I encourage you just to say something like, uh, "Hey God, if you're real, <laughs> just show me show yourself uh, to me in a way that uh, I can understand." Um, and just yeah, give it a shot. Don't be afraid. Um, to do that and just to, to throw it out there, I think, because um, when I yeah when I look back, it's um, it's something that has yeah greatly impacted everything and still does. Um, so would definitely yeah encourage people yeah to think about it and to seek that out if it's something they haven't before. 
Excellent. That's excellent. Thank you, Justin. Uh, our podcast and radio listeners are going to be leaving us now, so you can catch up with Life Burst wherever you get your podcasts from and on YouTube and Facebook as well. Uh, but for everyone else, we're going to continue on to do some dance. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. looking nice. forward to this. <laughs> Life Bursts is hosted by Matthew Karat and Sarah Freeman with production by Reese Jarrett and Kay Hoshra Ozadigan. For more episodes of Life Bursts, go to rawcut.com.au. This is a Raw Cut production.